You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. So, um, yeah, so we have been in Canada since April 10th, and we've we were here on Easter Sunday, but we haven't been there sin- here since with you guys. We've been on the road a lot. As we are missionaries with the PAOC, we do a lot of traveling around, uh, itinerating and sharing with churches um, on what we're doing in Sri Lanka. And so today, I just wanted to do more of a Mother's Day focus for all you mothers here um, and uh, have a little presentation. We're just trying to get booted up. But it's so great to be back in Canada. We've been here a month now, and uh, we're enjoying this cold weather. (laughs) Our kids have been getting the typical colds and all those kind of things that uh, everybody seems to be going through around here. So we're just um, dealing with it all, and it's lots of fun. So um, here we go. Thank you. So I wanted to start out with the scripture. 1 Peter 3, 4. No. <laughs> you should be known for the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of gentle, quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. So I just wanted to say to each and every one of you mothers out there how special you are. Um, what a privilege it is to be a mother. Uh, a lot of challenges to motherhood, but for the most part, I think we would all say we are very thankful to be a mother and the gift of motherhood. Um, looking to scripture, um, there's lots of mothers in the scriptures, lots of stories of mothers in the scriptures, and I love how we can go to the scripture when we're facing challenges, thinking that we're maybe alone in every situation, but yet we find in scriptures we're not alone when we hear stories of other uh, women and mothers in the Bible. So we can go back to the very first one, Eve. In the book of Genesis, it talks about she was the very first mother to exist. And so she's the mother of all. Because of her, we are here today. And, you know, motherhood uh, came with a challenge for her as she had chosen to turn away, not turn away from God, but to go against God's will and choose her own way. And same with Adam by eating from the apple from the tree. And uh, because sin came in, childbirth would be difficult Uh, She started out with two sons, Cain and Abel, and one son ended up killing the other son. And you think after you face that as a mother, you'd be like, I can't go on. You know, my children have failed me in a way I'm disappointed. And yet she continued on to birth more children. And so you see, maybe there was a moment of forgiveness, a moving on. And because of her, we are here today. We can look at Sarah, Abraham's wife. She is the mother, known as the mother of Israel. And she bore a son named Isaac. But again, it didn't come easily. She waited till her old age before she even bore that son. It was being promised to her by God that she would be a mother and their ancestors would number the stars, but yet they didn't even have one child when that promise was given to them. So, you know, she would have faced a lot of doubt, insecurity, and wondering when this was going to come upon her. And it was in her old age that she bore her son Isaac. And yet God was faithful, and she rejoiced and took on the role um, as a mother. Then we can look to Jochebed, mother of Moses. 
You know, she had this son, and it was in a time where Pharaoh was reigning, and he was very cruel to the people and wanted to kill every boy that existed. And so she had to hide her son. She put him in a basket, put, her into, put the son into the river, and thought she was saying goodbye forever to her son. And yet um, Pharaoh's wife found her and then asked the very mother of this child, to nurse this child to an older age. And so she was able to impart as much as she possibly could as a mother to her son before she had to let her go. These are challenges um, for women in the Bible, and I think there's some similar challenges we face as mothers today. Hannah, she also was desperate for children, and her husband had other wives who were very uh, fertile and had lots of children, and she was given none. But she prayed. She prayed to God to give her the chance at motherhood. And finally, she birthed Samuel. And she was so thankful to God that she ended up giving her child back to God, in a sense, by giving um, him over to the prophet Eli to be trained up to be in the ministry. And so she was just so grateful for the gift of motherhood that she was willing to give it up. Isn't that the heart of a mother, that we want to give back? Elizabeth. She was mother at her old age, had been barren for many, many years until her husband was told, your, your wife will have a baby, and he didn't believe it. And yet she bore a child whose name was John, and he became John the Baptist. And you know, a lot of people misunderstood him. He talked about a lot of radical things at the time of a, a king that was going to come and live amongst us. And so as a mother, she would have been trying to maybe protect her son, and yet she was so thankful and knew that God had called her son to this calling to preach the good news. And then lastly, I just want to touch in on Mary, who was the mother of Jesus himself, and how she became a mother at such a young age. She wasn't married. She was still a virgin. And yet uh, an angel came down and said, you are going to uh, be mother of the son of the most high. And so, you know, she would have had to deal with a lot of shame, of insecurity and people not understanding what was going on but now one day she, now today she is revered for what she went through these are challenges of a mother from scripture but i think even in our everyday uh, there's challenges we face and mothers of all ages we go through things there's people here maybe even today you're desiring motherhood and it hasn't happened for you yet um, but I just wanted to go to a bit of my story, and then I will touch into our ministry in Sri Lanka because it also is impacting mothers, I believe. So for me, as a young child, I was the oldest of five kids, and um, I think I had that motherly heart at a young age. Um, I often helped my mom with the two younger kids a lot. I would change diapers, do all those things. So I just, motherhood, motherly things just really came naturally to me. And I loved it. I loved that role of being the oldest sister and being able to help my mom out in home. And it just, it was just, it was natural to me. Um, I remember in high school, I was on a volleyball team and a lot of uh, my friends would call me mom all the time, just how I was. I was a caretaker. I wanted to nurture. I wanted to do those things. So again, it just came easy to me. And then I took my first missions trip um, in the early 2000s. And it was a challenge to be there, and I was being introduced to people that were unlike my own and a language I didn't know, all these kind of things. And we were working with kids at the time. And I was very, uh, I stood back a lot in 
the insecurity of it all, the whatever I was facing, whatever the challenges were there. But there was one experience I had that really changed the course of my future in Sri Lanka, where we were ministering in a street kids camp. Um, where kids came off the street for this time. Um, kids were running away. They were filthy. They were challenging. They were misbehaving. And we had one down evening where we really had an intimate time with the Lord, where we wanted to pray over these kids. And the whole time, I was kind of staying away from all the children. I, I, you know, I thought, oh, I can't communicate with them. I can't say anything to them. So, you know, what good am I here? But I saw a little girl on the floor, and she was weeping. And I just went over and I, I took her into my arms and I just began to weep with her. And God just touched my spirit at that moment. And just, I didn't know if she had a mother in her real life. I don't know what her circumstances were, but I just know that God instilled into me a love for her that I never thought I could ever have for a people that was not my own. And it changed the course of my future for Sri Lanka. I know that full well. And so uh, Psalm 139.13 says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. So God, you know, he knew these days. He knew these experiences I would go through, and they were all purposeful in my journey towards motherhood. Um, Motherhood is said to be one of the highest callings in life. So what a pride we can have as mothers to say that we get that privilege. But, uh, you know, Nish and I were married, and we, li- we were married and lived in Sri Lanka, and we thought, um, again, the insecurity of being in a nation that was not my own, I thought I didn't want to go through motherhood, or at least start out on motherhood over there, so we waited to have kids. And then by the time we were ready to have kids, it's, it wasn't happening like we thought we would. It took months, it took even up to years before anything took place. And I started to doubt. I was like, God, I thought I was made for this. I didn't realize, you know, a lot of people don't talk about um, issues with infertility. It's, you know, everybody, I know now that lots of people walk through it, but it's not always shared and talked about. And I, and yeah, my mom had five kids. I was like, why not me? And um, I was so caught up in it. I was dwelling on it. And and it was really a struggle period for me in my life and waiting for that day where I become a mother and even started to question, would I even become a mother? And uh, we had, my husband and I, as we would pray about it, we just thought, you know, we just have to give this up to the Lord and stop dwelling on it and just move on with life. And so we began to pursue uh, a trip to Sri Lanka, actually, to pursue potentially moving back. We were then living in Canada. Um, And it was, I had a dream that we were getting on a plane to head to Sri Lanka, but I, in this dream, I was pregnant, and I thought, I wasn't sure. Can you get on a plane when you're pregnant? Is it bad for you if you're pregnant? I wasn't quite sure. And, and then I woke up, and I was like, this is a strange dream. I'm not pregnant, and we're, we're going to be going in the next few months. And uh, sure enough, um, I started to feel not well, and I was wondering, what's going on? <laughs> what are the signs? And, you know, first time. And sure enough, found out that we were pregnant. And it was just like, and Nish was like, see, we've decided to give that to God, and we decided to just walk on the path of his will, his desires, and, and for our future in Sri Lanka. And now he has blessed us in return for um, all that we were obedient to him for. And so we had our first daughter in Sri Lanka, or in Canada, and it was a great experience. And I was so forever thankful to God for that. 
And then, um, you know, it, it just seems to happen that every time we've come back to Canada, we, God has blessed us. <laughs> we got pregnant pretty much every trip we've come back to Canada and not found out until we arrived in Sri Lanka that <laughs> that had taken place and we're just like, huh, what's the coincidence? God is good to us in Canada and he desires us to have our kids in Sri Lanka. So <laughs> it's just been an awe, just a wonder to God for his faithfulness. And, you know, it really, like my issues of infertility were kind of almost still there. And so it was just like only God could have blessed us the way he did. So I just, uh, I just thank him over and over again for the gifts. And, you know, not every day is wonderful. <laughs> this week was particularly tough with my kids. They were not feeling well. They were under the weather. And some days you just want to even run out the door. But at the same time, you just, when you step back and think, you know, what would have life been without them that you just, every moment is precious. And so God has been faithful to us with kids. What time do I have till Pastor Hayward? <laughs> I don't want to take too long. So, yeah, so we raise our kids in Sri Lanka, and, man, there's a lot of differences in how people raise children. Um, I know here, once you have a baby, people show up in church even two days after they delivered a baby. You know, we're just so bold and brave. It doesn't matter what temperature it is outside. But in Sri Lanka, it's very different. So when I was expecting our third son, Jaden, uh, a woman came to me, and she said, so when is your confinement? And I'm like, confinement, what does she mean by that? And then I'm like, isn't that an old-fashioned thing <laughs> where, you know, maybe women back in the day really had to enter into confinement when they had a child. But after having a baby, I realized what she meant, that a lot of mothers, once they have a baby, they don't step out the home for up to a month, even several months after having a child. So uh, we would go out to the grocery store. I thought, well, that's not me. And uh, we would take our baby after a week or 10 days, even into the grocery store or to church, and we would get told by absolutely everybody, what are you doing here? You shouldn't have that little one here. He's going to get sick. He's going to, you know, they were just so worried and concerned, and, and nobody wants to touch your baby. And, and we didn't have a lot of visitors even after we had our baby because nobody wants to get this child sick or they're just so worried for it. So that was a difference I experienced that really it was, you know, I had to do a few things a little bit differently in mothering my child. But I would say it's a big blessing to raise our kids there. Um, it's an adventure at the same time. In this picture, you can see we're actually riding on a bus and we are just holding our kids. Um, we travel like that a lot of the times. We have a vehicle, but we don't necessarily legally have to have car seats in our car. So they can just be hopping around. I can hold Jaden in the front seat with me. There's no rules against it. As long as mom and dad are seat belted is basically what the rule is. And <laughs> so it was quite a shock even to our kids to come back to Canada and have to be like, from the moment they stepped off that airplane, it was confinement in a car seat. They battled it a bit, but they're starting to accept it now. And uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, so to our ministry in Sri Lanka, I'll just, I want to share it with you because you guys have been so supportive in finances, in prayer, and I want to share what my husband and I have been doing together. Um, it's been four years now, this coming October, that we've actually been living in Sri Lanka, 
And God has just given us lots of opportunities. You see in that picture there, uh, this is the Sunday school that we teach and lead at the Lighthouse Church in Candy. It's an English congregation. They also have a Singhala and Tamil congregation. Um, and yeah, we just love it. Our kids are with us for this time. And every Sunday, we really get to invest in these kids' lives. And they're just beautiful. Um, we've been able to network with lots of organizations like Compassion and World Vision. Um, my husband himself, he takes a lot of opportunities on weekends to go and reach out and minister in the community with the gifts and the knowledge God has given us and just to sow seed in the lives of the young pe people in Sri Lanka. Our main focus is the BUD Center, BUD standing for Building Up Dreams. So we ourselves built this center. Um, God just miraculously provided the finances for that. And uh, yeah, we built that up with Nish's own two hands and with the help of many local crews there. And it's a community center focused on building up the dreams of young people. And so we know in Nish's own experience, he was uh, born and raised into a Buddhist family, which is 70% of the population there. Only about 7% of Sri Lanka are uh, Christian, that being the Catholic Church and Evangelical. And then there's lots of Muslims and Buddhists as well, or um, Hindus as well. And so this center is situated in the very village where Nish was born and raised and where he first got into Sunday school and where the Lord and touched and changed his life. And so he desired that for the same for young people in Sri Lanka. And that's what, the very reason we moved back and built this center. Um, in a country where Christianity isn't very open and welcomed, uh, we thought we got to come up with a creative way where we can just reach the lives on practical basis. So we offer informal education and ec extracurricular activities at the center. So it's um, a class based and uh, we're there each and every day serving. Now, when we first started, out of curiosity, we had a lot of kids come, but then quickly numbers dropped and we wondered why. Well, there was a lot of opposition for us in the village. People were spreading rumors that we had just planted a church and that we were going to convert their children to Christianity and it would just change the course of their families forever. And yet, that wasn't the case. Uh, we we opened the doors to parents to come and find out that it was just going to be an education-based, but at the heart of it, we are Christians. And we said we wouldn't hold back on sharing the love of Christ through our actions. If anybody uh, asked any questions about why we were doing this, we would be fully open to it, but that strictly we would keep it an educational basis for the children. So we faced a lot of opposition. We had Buddhists in the village, and other people put a police court even or a police report against us. And so, you know, we were very careful on how we were going to conduct ourselves. So we quite regularly conduct uh, parents' meetings just to keep everybody in the know-how of what we're doing. And just to share some of the feedback that we're getting, we have moms drop off their kids every day. And uh, we have one mom who's actually a Hindu, and her two boys come to the center. And she, we picked her up one day, and she was coming with us in our vehicle. We were taking her to her workplace, I believe. And we just said, what do you think about our center? Like, are your kids enjoying it? Do they love it? And she's just like, you know what? I am so happy to send my kids to a Christian loving environment. I just see a change in my kids and they come back with smiles on their faces from this place. So I'm more than happy to send them. And so we're just like, 
God, you've opened a door there, and we don't know what the future holds for that family, but it is there. Um, we have moms. We have one particular mom. She comes to drop her kids too, and we started to get to know her, and you know what? We would ask her, what's the birth date of your kids? Because we want to know. We want to know some information, and she's so uneducated. She can't even tell the month, the day, the year that her children were born, and yet her desire is to see her kids come to participate in these classes and do better than she could have ever. And, you know, that's just her mother heart. She desires better for her kids. And um, we're able to pour into her children, and it's really awesome. We have a few Christian families that send their kids, and they're just thrilled, and they think this way of ministering to kids is such a key thing. Uh, we have five full-time staff, that's including Nishanta and myself, and 10 part-time staff. We realized quite quickly we couldn't run it alone. We have on a regular basis up to 40 kids attending, and they're all doing various classes. And so we need teachers to help us down that road. And, you know, because of your financial support, we're able to give these uh, staff a salary uh, so that they can live daily. They're all faith-filled people, believing, and, and so it's just so awesome how we can have an uh, entire Christian-based staff at our center. A high priority for us as teachers is to really listen to the kids. Nish, being through the school system itself, knew that it really is a dictatorship uh, with teachers at school. They don't desire a relationship with the kids. They just want to teach the class, instruct them, have them learn, and that's the extent of it. But we desire our teachers to get to know the children on a personal level and just to be Christ-like each and every day in our love for the kids. And then in the mornings, we do preparation, so we focus on prayer. We want to cover that place in prayer every day because there's challenging kids that walk through those doors each and every day and kids with lots of needs, so we definitely desire prayer. Um, so these are pictures of some children in their classes. Uh, the one little girl playing with Lego there, she has some brain injury, and, you know, she kind of just gets pushed aside in school, and she doesn't even really know her alphabet very well and all those things, but she keeps kind of getting pushed along in grades. And so we are able to facilitate and meet her particular need and work with her on a basis because we have the capacity to do so. Um, we had a school in Canada send over these laptops and computers for us, and most kids don't even get access to computers at a school. And uh, it's such a pleasure for them to take a computer class to learn how to type, both in English and in their native language. And then Ben and Melanie, were, when they were with us two Decembers back, they brought uh, some tablets that they had con collected from maybe a various number of you. And um, man, they just, it's you know, people, kids love technology. They love these gadgets too. And so they wouldn't have these in their home. And so we have set times where they get to play on these tablets. Um, it's not just all about serious fun, uh, class time. We like to have fun as well. Um, we do art classes. And um, Nishant is an artist. And so he offers his skill there. And... Uh, it's just amazing the talent that these kids have. And um, you can see in that picture there, they've sketched an elephant, which um, we have lots of elephants in Sri Lanka. And you can just see how gifted they are. And these are kids just coming in from the village there. 
So teach your children to choose the right path, and when they are older, they will remain upon it. This is a scripture we try to impart, and we know that these kids um, are not followers of the Lord, but we believe that we can just through prayer and through our actions and through our love just really impart this to them. And, you know, we're doing it on a daily basis. English is a big opportunity for children to increase opportunities for the future in the workforce. So from the age of, or from grade one on up to about grade 11, we conduct a variety of English classes for all these kids and try to meet them where they're at. Um, we've been blessed with lots of teachers, even national workers, who their language in English is quite good. As me, as a mother with little ones, I'm not able to teach every one of the classes, and Nish with his responsibilities, he can't do all the classes. And so we just, we're just so thankful for all the options we are able to offer to these kids who wouldn't have chances otherwise. So we are not a school that's going to accredit them up to university levels. They do attend school um, in the village and in the city. So they go there in the morning till early afternoon. And then from 2 o'clock on, we basically offer a period of time where they can come and just play. We put out board games. We put out lots of different activities that kids could just have some downtime from their day at school. And then from 3 to 5, we conduct these classes. Um, we have a YWAM ministry team over there that uh, focuses on worship, and they come and teach music to these students. So we have plenty of guitars and keyboard to uh, get these kids working on their skill in music, and uh, they just love that activity as well. Now, again, to mothers, we thought originally we would just be focusing on kids, but God has really blessed us and given us an open door to relate to the mothers. Um, Nishanta and I had thought, why don't we start a cooking class for moms? Uh, these moms are coming every day, dropping off their kids, walking home, and then coming back at 5 o'clock for them. And we just thought, what about them? A lot of them have a lot of time on their hands aside from the duties of motherhood and so we decided to do once a month a cooking class and you know they just got so excited I don't know how many over 10 um, mothers showed up the first day we did it and they were just like I think I made uh, crepes and pancakes that day and they were just like oh we've always seen these little cooking classes or things like this be made on TV but we never get to see it firsthand and uh, they all reported back to me that they ended up making these pancakes and crepes for their own families when they got home. So it was lots of fun. And so we've done just various things. I try to do something a little bit more Canadianized because they all know very well how to cook their own dishes. So I thought, let's do something creative, something that's a treat for them, something that they wouldn't get to otherwise. But I'm always also trying to be very cost-effective um, as most of these people in the village, you know, some days they struggle to even feed their kids, so I can't do anything too extravagant. But it's, it's simple, but they're always so appreciative of it. And we just get to relate with them. You know, they come early, so we get a chance to talk to them, and it's a lot of fun. Um, we also have on staff a counselor who's qualified, and she's able, we told her, like, every time a mom comes in, just see if they need, you know, a hug or a chat or something where we can just, you know, help them out with a word of encouragement. And we're just seeing them actually come pouring in. And we've seen um, issues with kids at our center where they're misbehaving, and we know there's a reason for it. We know it's just not 
their every day that they're misbehaving, but that maybe something happened in their day at home or at school where it caused them to be just not in the right mood. And and our staff member is able to chat with the moms and just find out, you know, what's going on at home? Are you, are you struggling? Is there needs? Are you able to provide for your kids? And, you know, before even we're able to say to a mom, I'd like to chat with you, they're coming to us and saying, could I have a visit? Could we chat? And um, the lady who is the staff member and the counselor, her husband is also a pastor. And so she often gets an opportunity to pray with these mothers. And they're quite open to it. They're very receptive and thankful for it. And, you know, oftentimes I walk by the office and a mother's in tears. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a chance to pour out to them in a special way. Um, in this picture here, the lady in the sari standing off to the side, everybody, moms and kids are sitting there on the floor. Uh, she's kind of been a spiritual mom to both uh, Nisha and myself over the years. Uh, she was Nishanta's Sunday school teacher from when he was young, and she was the first person that really impacted my life in my first missions experience as a local over there. And she ministers in Sri Lanka all over, and she's quite an amazing lady with an amazing story. So one day we invited her to our center um, and uh, I guess to share a little bit more about her, she is not a mother herself. She never married, uh, but she chose that. She had opportunity to marry and felt so strongly that the Lord was just directing her to full-time ministry and to not enter into marriage because she felt like for me or for her, it would be a distraction. And so she has mothered in a different way. She has mothered many children. She started an organization called Kids Reach, and she has impacted probably thousands and thousands and thousands of kids in the nation of Sri Lanka. So she came to be with us one day and shared about how children can protect their bodies, protect them from harmful um, people around, and just um, sanitary things, very practical basis. But I remember that afternoon that she was with us, she also took the moms aside to share with them on how you know, just encourage them along as mothers. And she just about had every mother in tears that day and asking for more, asking her to visit again because it was so, um, such good advice that she had to offer in such a motherly way that she had to offer it. And it was received so well. So you know what? These are people of God touching those who do not know the Lord yet. And we just know that the day is coming where their hearts will change. Um, some other ways that we express love, and I know you as Cold Lake Community Church have invested in this, particularly financially. We do a hamper project um, where we give food rations at Christmas time. Now, December is the greatest time to do ministry. Most religions are open to it as they know that's the time where Christians celebrate. So we had Ben and Melanie with us two Christmases back, and then we had a a young guy from Drumheller for, with us for six weeks over December because there was just ample opportunities of ministry. And so we packed these hamper bags and we invited personally each family uh, from all the children who attend the center to come and celebrate with us Christmas. We did songs. We told the Christmas story of how Jesus was born and how he's the greatest gift of all to us. Um, we did lots of fun activities, even games that, you know, the parents had a chance to laugh and enjoy themselves. And at the end of it, we were able to give them these rations of food that some of them really told us, you know what, we needed this today. I, I didn't have money to go buy groceries. And so we know how much this is effective to them. 
We celebrate birthdays, and that might sound nothing to us. We all celebrate our kids' lives, especially on their birthdays. Uh, but in Sri Lanka, it's not something really done in the household. I told you there was a mom who didn't even know the dates of her kids' birthdays, so they would have never known such a thing. And it's not celebrated in a lot of homes for whatever reason. But we make a point of it at the center. And so every birthday, we record all the kids' birthdays, and um, we, we get a cupcake for them, we get a card for them, we get a small gift, and we also challenge the kids at the center to... Uh, what can you do for the kids? Can you make a card for them? Can you encourage them? Can you wish them well wishes on their birthday? And they just love that day. It's a highlight for them. And the moms are loving it too. They're even calling us up a few days before. Could I bring a cake? for? Because it's my child's birthday. I want to participate in it. I want to help you in it. Can I bring snacks to help you celebrate my child's life? And it's just a special time for each child that they get to have. And you can just you can see the smiles on their faces there. We're able to take them on an annual outing. Um, this particular time, we rented a bus and took them to a shopping mall, something most kids in uh, North America get to do, and they just had the time of their lives doing that, and it was just a special way to love on them. Um, yeah, it was like the, this mall was in the same community that they live, but they really are just very restrictive to the setting of their village and they don't get out much and so we took them to the city and our kids had been there plenty of times but these kids had not and it was a great time so these are some things that we've been up to and life hasn't slowed down for us our hands are full with our three little ones and this ministry the center is full on for us it's often a big challenge how we can time manage ourselves, how we can best equip this place and as we said we need staff to help us because you know it's just beyond even our own capacity um, we're more than happy to have missions teams families individuals come and offer their skill their talents their love um, and it's just a great opportunity where we're sowing seeds on the other side of the world where God is just not loved by everyone so where does this love come from? In First uh, Peter 4, 8, it says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love co covers a multitude of sins. You know, our heart is just to be unconditional, loving them no matter what their background is, no matter what they've been through, no matter what they might say or do against us. That's just the heart of it. And let us not become weary in well-doing. For, it is the, for at the proper time, we will reap the harvest if we don't give up. And that is just what we desire to do. We face challenges every day, and, and I would say we do get tired and weary at times. It's not always easy what we do, but we know the reward is eternity. Um, so that brings a conclusion to what we do in Sri Lanka and how God is using us. And um, we're just so thankful for it. We are here till the 2nd of August. Uh, fundraising, itinerating, sharing with every church that supports us about our story and what God is doing over there. I just challenge you to continue to keep us in your prayers as we really need it during this time as we're very busy and our kids need our time and attention. And, you know, the center continues actually to run even while we're here. And so continued prayer for that is really necessary as well. And just in conclusion to Mother's Day, I just wanted to say let's give credit where credit is due. You know, this, this wasn't all in me naturally. I had influences over me. People impact my life. And I wanted to give credit to my mom today. She's here. 
Um, you know, she came on now three trips with me to Sri Lanka, once when I got engaged to Nish, um, and then two other times when my two little ones were born there. You know, I didn't really want to have my kids in Sri Lanka. I was afraid what the hospitals would be like, how I'd be able to communicate with doctors and nurses, and it was just, yeah, if you were ever insecure, as it would be even in insecurity here, it was just that much more amplified for me there. And I remember either calling my mom or emailing her and said, I would really love it if you come when I have my children because this is challenging for me right now. I, I'm not sure if I can really walk through it. And my husband is great, don't get me wrong. He's there for me, and we have his family there that are there for me. But she, they don't quite know me like my mom has through, you know, she's just been there from my birth to now. And it's just been special, and it just means so much to me. And she's, you know, I am who I am today, credited to her for raising me right. And so, you know, give credit to your mother where, mother, where credit is due today for all that they've done for you. And um, we have my grandparents here today, too, and my grandma's a very special lady in my life, and she is just a wonderful mother in herself and a great-grandmother and a great-great-grandmother as well. And, um, you know, they're relationships I cherish when I'm in Canada and when I'm on the other side of the world. We just, we always stay connected, and I'm forever thankful for them. And they challenge me in every way and have helped me be the mother I am today and the person I am today. So, uh, yeah, I just want to bless you mothers today, and I just pray that you are honored in the way that you need to be honored today, and I just thank you as a church body for standing behind us. Um, we feel your support. We often hear from many of you uh, words of encouragement, emails, and through Facebook we, we hear things about um, from you and also encouragement of what we're doing, and um, yeah, my husband and I just want to thank you today. And uh, I guess I'll just hand it back to Pastor Hayward this morning. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.